We are back with another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. I got some bold offseason predictions for this coming month, and I've also got some ways the Royals can compete in 2024. And lastly, let's give a report card for Salvador Perez as he wrapped up his 2023 season. That's all coming up next on Lockdown Royals. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, I am your host, as always, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. You want to find these episodes on podcasting platforms or on YouTube? Very easy to do so. You can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music. Uh, You can also go to Google Podcasts uh, and on YouTube. Just be sure to hit the follow button and subscribe. Very easy. Um, hope you guys have been leaving some comments. You've been uh, rating things. I know a YouTube comment. Sometimes it takes me a little bit to get to those, but hopefully that you guys uh, enjoy the answers I send back to you. Or if I give just a reaction to your comment, just know I'm getting those comments and I appreciate all the kind words or your thoughts and opinions on the Kansas City Royals. Now for the rating aspect of it, just go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening on your podcasting platform, leave it a review. You know, we really want to improve this thing and make it as best as we can. And the only way we can do that is if we get some feedback from you, the listeners. So if you have comments, you have opinions, you have segment ideas, always looking forward to some new ideas. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. I've said it before with them. I mean, they are who I go to to get uh, tickets all the time. It doesn't matter if it's a baseball game, it's a football game. It can be a, a comedy show. It can be a concert. They really just are the the place I like to go to to get all of my stuff. Because in the end, isn't that what you want? You want it to be simple. You want it to be easy when you're buying tickets. And game time is what you have to go to. We are so proud to have them as our sponsor for today's show. If this is your first show ever tuning in to Lockdown Royals, well, of course, welcome in. You know, I'm just a diehard Royals fan, as I'm sure you are. If you are watching this podcast episode in the offseason, I now work in Kansas City at Sports Radio 810 WHB. I've got a show on ESPN Kansas City. I've got a show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. So if you follow them on their socials, you go to their podcasting pages, you can find my name pop up and hear my insight on things maybe not always related to the Kansas City Royals. But when you come here, when you listen to this podcast, we are going to be talking about the boys in blue. And even though they aren't playing in what is turning into a very intense and passionate October postseason baseball, a pandemonium, you could call it. I still enjoy uh, bringing up segment ideas and going over this team because that's what we're going to do all the way up until the start of spring training. And I don't know why I say up until the start of it. We're going to be giving you five episodes up until the winter meetings. Then we'll drop down to three episodes as we get kind of in the thick of the offseason. Can always change. Could do four or five episodes, depending if there's a lot of news going on. But once we hit December and January to February, going to drop back down to about three episodes a month. Then we'll get to spring training. That is going to ramp back up, and we're going to have more stuff to get into. We're going to have a new team to talk about. So I thought today would be a very good time just to kind of get me on record. And for me to put some takes out there that I should live or die by here, 
You know, you can always clip it, put me on freezing cold takes. I mean, that's why I'm sticking my neck out. And I think that we can get to this point in the offseason. It's very early. The season is far from being over. I shouldn't say far, but still a lot of postseason baseball left to play. I was glued to the TV for the Phillies and Braves series. I was glued to the TV for the Diamondbacks and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Boy, the the D-backs fun. We talked about them last week. They are a fun team to watch. So are the Braves, so are the Phillies. And if you're not watching it right now, I don't know what you're doing with your life because postseason baseball is something I certainly long for. And I hope that in Kansas City, we can get it back we get it, get it back relatively soon. Uh, but I did want to go on record and get some hot takes out there, some bold predictions for the offseason. Now, it can be up to you, the listener, on how bold you think these really are. You could just say, Jack, these are not hot at all. You could say, wow, you're crazy for even thinking that. But I believe I do need to stick my neck out there a little bit and have a fun take uh, that can be up for debate. If you've got a hot take, if you've got something you think the Royals are going to do in the offseason, let us know in the comment page. Let us know on YouTube. Let me know on Twitter. Just shoot me an answer at J underscore 15. I will say this. This offseason is going to be unique. You've heard me say it a lot of times before. I think the Royals are in that spot where they know they need to spend a little bit of uh, a little bit of money here and there, certain areas of this team, and they can't really be trusting on certain guys that maybe even we are still hopeful on to have a bounce back here. I mean, I really think this team is going to go out there and try and make some noise. My first hot take that is uh, maybe one that needs to be revisited. I believe that the Royals are going to move Salvador Perez in the offseason. Um, I've gone back and forth on this a lot. And there's going to be people that disagree with this. That's totally fine. I get it. I, I just think the Royals are in this spot where I'm not sure he fits the future anymore. Now, I would love more than anything for Salvi to come back, be healthy, finish his year in Kansas City really strong. But I just don't know if he fits the window anymore. And we knew this. And the offseason, going into the offseason, we knew this is the trade deadline as well. Remember, uh, going back to that trade deadline, we all wanted to know would Salvador Perez waive his 10 5 rights? There's a lot of talk, you know, Salvi's not getting traded, not getting traded, 10 5 rights, he wants to stay. He said that if it was best for the team, he would waive those 10 5 rights. And I think the Royals might entertain that again in the offseason. Now, this is where it's a bold prediction and not something that I think is truly going to happen. It's a bold one. Okay, so let's let's separate the two here. It's a bold one because I'm not sure the return is going to be a lot unless the Royals pay a lot of that contract, and that's something I'm not sure they are willing to do. But that would be one of my bold takes of the offseason. You know, Miami comes calling. Uh, they want to bring in Salvi. I know that now you have Dayton Moore in Texas. I don't think Salvi would really fit that lineup, but there's the connection there. You had the connection with Chicago and Pedro Grafol. Who knows? But this is a bold prediction for a reason it doesn't mean i'm locking in thing it's going to happen it's just a bold prediction aspect of it the second one i have here and i know in the beginning part of the show i said in the next month i'm more so meaning the next three or four months uh, the second bold prediction i have maybe you don't call it a bold prediction but i think this is more than likely going to happen i'm gonna stick my neck out there for it. i think bobby witt jr signs a mega deal in kansas city uh, this, to me, feels like the biggest priority. If I'm in the front office, that is something I got to get done. You have to make sure that Bobby Wood Jr. is here long term, more so 
than spending money on an ace for this rotation, more so than a corner outfield bat, more so than buying a couple guys for the bullpen. You have to make sure he's here in Kansas City long term. And I believe the Royals know how important that is. Uh, they brought him up in extension talks. They brought up Vinny Pasquantino. I'm sure they want to look into something for Michael Garcia, but he is the cornerstone. He is the superstar. You have to go out there and get that thing done. And I feel like the Royals have a list of things they need to do. That has to be number one. It really does have to be number one. Because if you let this play out next year, and we all think Bobby Wood Jr., as long as he is healthy, he's going to be really good another All-Star, or not another, his first All-Star year, you're not going to be able to afford him at that point. And at that point, he's going, maybe I sign a three-year deal, but I want to hit free agency in my prime. I want to see uh, what I can get. And if I can go play for a true contender that I just know every single year I'm going to be in the postseason, it's got to get done this year. That's another one of my bold offseason predictions. The third one I have here, and again, I've gone back and forth on this a little bit, but I think there's going to be a little bit of stock put into to, uh, MJ Melendez. There has been talk, I think I'd say amongst fans, of, well, this is now when you trade him. Right, This is a good time to trade MJ, good second half. Doesn't really fit anywhere on the field. I think the Royals go into the offseason maybe wanting to give MJ a little extension. As I said, if you're not following along with me, and they say these are all stupid takes, don't get it. It's bold for a reason. I'm sticking my neck out there hoping something happens here. Maybe one of these three things happens. I don't really know. But I'm not going to sit here and give you just bland takes over and over again. These are big moves for the organization. I think I could see an extension for MJ Melendez. Not a big one, but something where they commit to him a little bit. And that could sound crazy. You could say, that makes no sense. MJ can't play the field. He was a well below average in the first half. Why do you give him that extension? I almost look at it as maybe buying stock, buying low stock. You give him a, a three-year deal. And you bank on the second half MJ is who MJ Melendez is. Then you can kind of fixate some, or not fixate, fix some money around here. I think you could piece together a roster a little bit. Because it's not all about just waiting till, oh, everybody's good. Give them all extensions. It's not how it works. You have to bank on some guys that are going to get good. A mega deal for Bobby Wood Jr. is banking on him. But you know, I think deep down, he is going to be a superstar. MJ. Is a roll of the dice. You know, you tried to roll the dice with Hunter Dozier, didn't work out. But he was also older than where MJ is right now. It would not shock me if a little extension is done. You know, buy out the rest of his arbitration years, give him a three-year deal. Hey, I just think it's something to look into. But those are three bold predictions I have. If you don't think they're bold at all, let me know in the comment page. If you have bold predictions yourself, let me know in the comment page. Let me know on Twitter. I just think it's kind of a fun segment to do. Don't hate me. Don't come with the pitchforks. Just thought I'd get something, a little bit of the talk going here. Because we know for a little bit of time here, uh, we're not going to have much actual transactional talk, trade talk. That's going to happen a little bit later on in the offseason. All right. The next thing we're going to talk about is the way this team can compete in 2024. I'm not talking about spending money. I'm not talking about which guys they need to trade. I'm just talking about what has to happen on the field. Hot starts avoiding certain things teams they have to be better than if they want to truly compete in 2024 i'll tell you next on lockdown royals you are tuning to lockdown royals on the lockdown podcast network i'm your host jack johnson you can follow me on twitter 
at JohnnyJ underscore 15. Before we go any further, let's give a shout out to today's title sponsor in game time. Just because the baseball season is over doesn't mean you need to stop buying tickets to things. We're still in the full swing of college football. We're in the full swing of the NFL. You know, you're going to have even more basketball events coming up in the future. There's concerts everywhere. There's comedy shows everywhere. Wherever you can buy a ticket, I urge you to go to game time. I used to be stressed about buying tickets. I would use different apps and stuff like that. I'd go to team websites. It just was so complicated. Where am I getting the ticket from? What barcode do I need? Can you take screenshots? Game time has it handled for everybody. It is so easy. One ticket, two tickets, three tickets, four tickets. Doesn't really matter. Game time is so easy to use. It's the best app to go to when buying tickets. I strongly think that you should be the one after this podcast to go and download the app because we've got offers for you. Game time is what we support and game time is what we all think you should use to buy tickets in the future. So here's what you need to do. After this podcast episode, go and download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on MLB for $20 off on your first purchase. The terms apply. So again, create an account and redeem code locked on MLB. That's L O C K E D O N M L B for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I'm going to be getting a lot of questions this off season about which guys make sense. You go after a bullpen guy first. You go after a starter first. You go after a corner outfield bat. I get it. These are all great questions. And of course, I'm going to give you those answers. I'm going to give you who I think is the best fit for the Royals. When they sign somebody, you bet your butt I'm going to be having a live stream or something like depending on where I am. I could be right here in the podcasting room, you know, being able to break it down for you. I might just have a YouTube short out. Don't worry. I will be right on top of it. There will not be any wasted time if the Royals sign somebody and you want to know something about that player. But I do think a lot of next year is going to be dependent on a few things. Of course, how certain guys grow. If Bobby Witt Jr. can continue his pace, if Michael Garcia continues his pace, Vinny Pasquantino bounces back, you can get a better version of a of an MJ Melendez. You can get a better version of Kyle Isbell, Michael Massey. You know, if Salvador Perez is on the team, he was in my bold prediction that they trade him. It's a bold prediction for a reason. It doesn't mean I truly believe in it. It's just a fun idea to contemplate. Uh, maybe Freddie Fermin takes over the role. Can he continue his trend? Can Cole Reagans continue his trend? Those are all things we need to consider. But there's a lot of things I look at from a team aspect, how they truly compete, how you walk away 365 days from now and go, that was a very successful year. Whether we're in the postseason or we're not, whether we were competing up until the end of September or we were done in July, you have to have a very firm grasp of what this team was trying to do and how they were able to do certain things. Key number one for me, it's obvious. You have to, and I mean absolutely have to, to get trust from the fan base, support from the fan base, to get people to buy into what you're doing. You have to have a good April. There is no and ifs or buts about it. If you start slow again, you put this team in a 10-game a hole by May 1st, nobody's buying into what you're doing anymore. I'm sorry. You, it's a long season. I know it's a marathon. And the 2021 Royals, had the best record in baseball after April. And where did that get them? They only won, what was it, 74, 75 games, and then took a big step back the next year. 
But to me, this team, for what they need to accomplish, you cannot have a bad start in April. I'll take 500. I'll take a game or two under 500. You have to have a month where you're not flattened on your back, where you're not punched in the mouth and you're out of it. That can't happen. There's just no way, shape, or form that can happen if you expect to get in that threshold of 80 to 85 wins. Some of you already said in the comment page, that is a pipe dream. I don't believe JJ can do that at all. He's not going to assemble a team like that. All I'm saying is whatever moves they make, whatever guys succeed or don't succeed, it's got to be a good April. You fall flat in April again, that's when I start to wonder, is Mac Quattrero the man for the job? Is J.J. Piccolo the man for the job upstairs? Those are all things that are going to be questioned if you have a really bad April again. This April for the Royals was disastrous. It took all of the life and enthusiasm out of the fan base. You compete into May, now you're cooking with something. Now we can start to buy a little bit. That, to me, is key number one. Key number two, you look at the Central. All right, teams you need to be better than. I'm all right if you don't have a winning record against Minnesota. I'm okay if you don't have a winning record against Cleveland. But you have to be hovering around 500 there. If you got, you know, not dominated by Minnesota, but, you know, we're beaten out in that series by three or four games, I can live with it. But the other stuff has to happen here. You have to hang with Cleveland. And here's the other aspect. You need to be better than Detroit. If you're not better than Detroit, Detroit demolished you this year. Head-to-head, I think it was 10-3 to in favor of Detroit. The Royals never had their number. Better bullpen, bad bullpen. That was the difference to me. Detroit's offense was not better. It was just simply relief pitching. Theirs was better than the Royals. And the White Sox, you don't just need to beat up on. You need to hammer every single time you play. Because to me, it feels like the White Sox are a team that are going to be a last-place finisher this year. There's more pieces I feel like they're going to move on from. They're a fractured state. They lost 101 games, only five worse than the Royals. And the Royals had all kinds of problems and a lot of evaluation. They had money spent on players. You have to beat down Chicago, be better than Detroit, hang 500 to Cleveland, and then just not get dominated by Minnesota. You do those things against your divisional opponents, even though you're playing them less, as opposed to a couple years back where you play them 19 times a year, that's when you can start to look at the Central and go, hmm, this could be interesting. The Tigers were more competitive in their division, which put them second place, put them in a competitive spot. They were great against the Central. That, to me, is where the Royals start. You have to look at the Central and go, we can compete with these teams. We see these teams more than anybody. And that, to me, is where you really have to hone in and focus in on. You have to be better than those teams. Two of the four, you do. The third, if you're better than them, all the better. But I'm just asking for 500. That, to me, has to happen on the field. And if you don't believe that, if you think they got to be over 500 with all these teams, I understand it. I'm just trying to be a little bit realistic here. And the third thing here for this team, it's to avoid, in the first half here, I'm strictly talking the first half, they have to avoid that collapse somewhere. In 2021, that team was destined to be competitive in the first half if it wasn't for that slump in May, where they lost eight or nine in the row. A complete collapse. It set the tone for the rest of the season. 
if you can avoid more than a four-game losing streak in the first half, you will find yourself at the All-Star break fighting for something, not out of the race. Be within shouting distance. Be within six or seven of a wild card spot at the All-Star break. Just be within shouting distance. That, to me, is how they compete. It all starts first half for me. Good April. Avoid the disaster in any of those first half months and play well against your division. You do that in the first half, you will have people buying in, going to Kaufman in the second half. If J.J. wants fans showing up September, that has to happen. You have to build a roster that can be sustainable, can be competitive in the first half of the season. And they're out of it by the All-Star break. You're not going to have anybody believing in what you're doing, even if this is the long rebuild. As I said, the Diamondbacks and Orioles lost 110 two years ago. The next year, big jump. If you think this team can take a big jump, show us and show us in this first half. If the Royals are competitive in the first half, you can sit back on that week off and go, man, let's get it started for the second half. And if it falls apart in August August or September, that is five or six months longer than where it was in 2023. That's just how I think this team can be more competitive in 2024. A big emphasis on the first half. Huge emphasis on the first half. All right, the last thing I want to talk about is a guy we brought up a few times today in the show, and that's Salvador Perez. I've got my report card for him. Is it the final report card for him in a Royals uniform, or is there another year and multiple years to come in Kansas City for the future Royals Hall of Famer? I'll tell you next on Lockdown Royals. You are tuning to Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. The last thing I want to dive into today involves a future Royals Hall of Famer. I would say for the last decade, the face of this franchise. And hopefully, when his playing days are done, he comes back to Kansas City in some way, shape, or form. But I do have my report card on Salvador Perez for the 2023 season. Of course, it was not a great year. Lots of injuries. I would say durability is going to be around a C- minus to a D+. Uh, this was a, a very tough year for Salvi. Lots of slumps. Just never could find the consistency. And that's unfortunate because we know how good Salvador Perez can be when he is healthy. We saw it in 2021. I think we're starting to get to the point, though, of can we ever see healthy Salvi again? So durability to me, it's not getting that great of a grade. Offensively, I think if he had a full season, I would have put it around a B to B plus. But since he wasn't out there due to the slumps, I'm going to put it at a C plus. You know, there wasn't, you know, a significant growth. The power seemed to dip a little bit. WRC plus number was down. Expected batting average, the on-base average, all that went down a little bit. Hard hit rate, you know, just wasn't as consistent. But there was one thing consistent about Salvador Perez. We talk about inconsistency. The consistent thing was there still is a chance for him to become a big-time middle-of-the-bat lineup for this team, even at his age. The consistent thing was the power surges, that when he got him, they were there. Now, inconsistency is the problem. Going back and forth in this a little bit, so hopefully bear with me. The inconsistent part was that He wasn't healthy. He'd go through long slumps. But when he had a power surge, you just knew those were coming. That almost felt like a consistent part of his game. A slump would be followed up with a power surge. 
Injury would be followed up with a power surge down the road. And I feel like that's why I can give him at least a C plus because he was valuable from time to time in the lineup when he was truly healthy. How long he was healthy for in the season, I, I can't really say with certainty that it was even more than 50%. I mean, he played through a lot of you know, bangs up and bruises, if that's even a term, bangs and bruises and, and nicks and stuff like that. He was banged up for the majority of this year. So what version of Salvador Perez did you really get? Defensively, he has not been great defensively for a while. What I will give him credit for is learning how to play first base a little bit. That increased his value. That made Salvador Perez probably more attractive to the trade market. Hey, we don't have to lock him into a DH spot or a catcher spot. If we need to play somebody at catcher DH, he can play first. That, to me, was a big-time growth for his game. I, I do think the Royals have a tough decision to make this offseason. And it's going to show just how different J.J. Piccolo is from the rest, from the guys before him, from Dayton Moore. He can show this offseason how serious he is about that 80-85 to 85 win threshold. And what I mean by that is Salvador Perez does not fit this competitive window. He really doesn't. He is constantly hurt at this point. He does not provide you value defensively. But we saw in 2021, just two years ago, if he is the DH and he is healthy, you've got a really good middle-of-the-order bat. One that you can't replace right now with the roster that you have. So you need to ask yourself, what's the goal for 2024? If the goal is to maybe have an outside chance at a divisional championship, which sounds absurd, but the Central is weak, I expect it to be a little bit better, then you keep Salvador Perez. At least that's where I'm at. If you really feel like in a year or two, this team can get to the postseason, I say keep it. I'd say more so even just this one year. If you think you get to it next year, you got to get value out of him. Now, you could always play this card. Keep Salvador Perez, DH him in the first half, he plays really well, that's the time to trade him. When teams can get a little bit more desperate, not as conservative because it's the offseason, I can find different ways to bolster my roster. That kind of feels like a, something that's in play. You hang on to Salvi, he hits well in the first half, you keep him off his feet, then you get to the all-star break. Maybe you're not in true contention, you're kind of hovering there, but you need prospects, you need talent. You could send a little bit of money to Salvador Perez and go and find some prospects for your system. That feels like an opportunity there. But if you feel like that's not possible, he's not healthy enough, he's only getting older, then you do have to find a suitor this offseason. Because if your timeline is 2025-2026, does it make much sense to hang on to Salvador Perez as he's only getting older? No, I would say that would be hurtful to your lineup. It really would be. It'd be blocking some guys that are less expensive, that are better defensively, that are not much of a log jam to the roster. And I am a big Salvador Perez fan. I really am. I wanted this to be the best finish to a career in Kansas City, at least for uh, the second generation of Royals players. Maybe the third or fourth, I haven't really counted that. But at least for, you're talking first generations like the, the 85 Royals. Second generation, talking about World Series winners. You go to 2015. That's kind of what I mean by that. I wanted him to have this remarkable end 
that he could take this team to the postseason one more time. But he's going to need a lot more help. And if he can stay healthy, I want Salvador Perez in this lineup. Now, as I said, the report card isn't awful. You, know, you might give him a D minus defensively, D plus for durability, but offensively, a C plus, maybe a B minus if he had a little bit more consistency here and there. But if you get as healthy Salvador Perez, there's no need to move off him, at least for this year. Maybe you see what he looks like in the first half, then you can entertain a trade. I've discussed this before, and I've seen people on Twitter say it as well. I mean, this is a guy that has low trade value right now. He's got a big contract. He's coming off a bad year. So maybe you wait till he turns things around. I know that kind of contradicts my bold prediction, but who knows? Let's see what happens. Let me know in the YouTube comments or let me know on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. But that's going to do it for another edition of Lockdown Royals and the Lockdown Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jack Johnson. Find this podcast episode on where you get your podcast: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and of course, on YouTube. But until tomorrow, you take it easy, Kansas City.